Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Science of Dyeing. My name is Viraj and I cannot wait to discuss another dimension of fabric dyeing, innovative methods that are good for the environment. In the last episode, we learned how wastewater from dye treatment contains high concentration of chemicals, including chromium, arsenic, copper and zinc. These chemicals, when released into waterways, also block sunlight and deplete oxygen for aquatic life. So the question that we ask today is, how can we prevent this and what can we do instead? So here's a fourfold answer to a seemingly challenging question. Firstly, true to the dye cycle way, the the wastewater from the dye treatment can be recycled. In fact, in India, a trend is huge investment in wastewater treatment for liquid discharge and it is common for factories to try and reuse 90% of their water. Even if this a step in the right direction, this minimizes the pollutants released instead of entirely curbing them and this is why the hunt for more sustainable methods needs, needs to continue. The second method to reduce dye wastewater wastage is through the process of cationization. Cations are positively charged ions and can significantly improve the predicament of the dyeing process. If cationization is being used, an ammonium compound is used to permanently attach a positively charged amino site, the dye, on the cellulose molecule, the fabric. This attachment makes a strong natural attraction between the dye and the fiber and reduces dye wasted in the manufacturing trajectory. The peril with this method, however, is making sure of the ready availability of cations and a degree of technical expertise in the production flow. Isn't it amazing how the simple concept of cations and anions can be applied to the domain of dyeing to make it more conducive to the environment? Maybe that chemistry lesson on, on electrolysis warrants more tension the next time. While catalyzation is facilitating faster attachment of dye to fabric requiring, requiring less water, what if I told you that the use and waste of water can be eliminated entirely? The third method of g- digital printing requires only the use of heat instead of any water. Digital printing on polyester fabric employs a two-step dye sublimation process that is almost entirely waterless. The first step involves the pattern being printed on transfer paper. The second step is set in motion when heat then turns the color into a cloud of gas, which then goes on to bond with the softened polyester, albeit some of the gas remains unused. Even though the absence of water is a laudable feat, the problems with this method are already evident. Firstly, the second step of gaseous dye does cause a degree of air pollution when conducted on a large scale. The second problem is that digital printing does not work for cotton, silk and other natural fabrics. Lastly, owing to the ease of the method, large supply chains are set up in the developing world as sweatshops and workers are paid a pittance of a wage well below the minute. To a share use of the method of elimination, we now arrive at the last and final method, using a natural dye and an environment-friendly fabric.
Natural dryads have a rich history of use by human civilization. The famous, the famous paintings in the Indian Ajanta caves date back to the 1st century AD and were made with natural dyes. It's mind-boggling to think of how enterprising our ancestors truly were. The first advantage of natural dyes is owing to their plant-based origin. They're often local. This leads to a flourishing of a local and ecologically sensitive economy around the natural dye, such that the industry grows in an organic manner. The dye from Kutachu tree, trees in northwestern India is a good example of this. Lastly, and most importantly, these are environment-friendly with an additional benefit of ease of access. Scale may not be the easiest to achieve, but that is a compromise we as a society can make for the sake of sustainability. Consumerism is the cause of most of our woes as a human race. Once this changes, the state of the environment at the brink of catastrophe can too. It is just about identifying what is required of us. Speaking of identifying requirements, do these methods not make you wonder what properties when identified in a dye make a desirable choice for fabric dyeing? Let's consider the Easter egg for the next episode, shall we? With that makeshift cliffhanger, we come to the end of today's discussion. Thanks for listening and don't forget to tune in to the next episode.